0: Church podcast. This is the Logos edition. The Logos edition. The Greek word Logos means the word, right? And today we're going to spend time talking about the upcoming year, 2021, and what it means to be a disciple of God's word. I'm Pastor Craig Mosgrove, one of the pastors here at Dwelling Place, and I am seated today with Trevor Jobgen. Trevor and his wife Star and their family attend Dwelling Place Church and have for several years And he's going to share with you today about some of his experiences from last year on the Bible reading plan. So you say, what is the Bible reading plan? So here at Dwelling Place, one of the things we do is we take uh, growth to be very intentional, our pursuit of growth. Meaning that we could just kind of mope through life, meandering and wandering, um, and arrive at a destination that we don't perceive. Or we can take time to reflect as we enter into 2021. And so many people, you know, they look at a brand new year, and they think, well, I'm going to get a new start. But if you get a new start on old habits, it's not really a new year. And so one of the things that we do as a church is we try to help uh, equip God's people and to give them resources available to, to take intentional steps towards following Jesus. And so one of those ways is through our Bible reading plan. Our Bible reading plan we've done for the last few years, just a couple of logistics about the Bible reading plan and then I'm going to share just a couple words of encouragement if you are considering joining us this year, is it is a five-day Bible reading program. You can read the entire Bible in five days per week. Uh, One of the things that I love about this plan so much is it's chronological reading, so it helps make the Bible make sense, right? So oftentimes, if we just cut out into Genesis and read all the way through, um, many people get bogged down, and they don't ever finish because you can't make it to the New Testament until you know, like September, October. And so one of the things I love about this Bible reading plan is it has an Old Testament and a New Testament um, reading every day, and it has what we call wisdom books, so Psalms, Proverbs, Song of Songs. And so you're getting kind of the whole council of Scripture every day all throughout the year. Second thing I love about this plan is it's five days, so everybody kind of always drops off, right? It's hard. Life happens. And so you have two makeup days every single day of the week. And again, you can find this Bible reading plan on our website, dwellingplacemovement.org. And you click on Grow 2021, you'll see step one. You can download the PDF file. So 52 weeks of reading. And uh, here we are on January 1. And want to inform those that are listening today, we're going to do something brand new this year. And that is that this Logos edition on the Dwelling Place podcast is going to come out every month. So that's right. February 1, March 1, April 1. You can look forward to a podcast that's going to come out here from our church where you're going to hear from all different voices. Today, as I told you earlier, we have Trevor Jojen. He's going to talk about how God used the reading plan last year to meet with him. God met with him and his family, he and his wife. And uh, each month, we're going to kind of forecast the reading that's going to be taking place. Like, you know, this month of January, we're going to read through the whole book of Genesis. We're going to read through many different Psalms, the whole book of Mark, and almost the whole book of Galatians. And so um, you're going to kind of get a forecast of what God speaks through His Word. You're going to hear from so many neat, unique, just very interesting voices. And uh, and we'll spend time just encouraging you to stay on the path. So let me just jump in today, first of all, and just talk about growth in Christ. So for many people, growth in Christ is primarily growth in knowledge of the Bible facts. Knowledge of what we call Bible doctrines. Uh, maybe you're listening today and you love digging really deep in the Bible. You you really, really come alive when you unpack original meaning. Or maybe you spend your time listening to sermon podcasts or reading books. and And to be honest with you, as a pastor, but more than that, even as a fellow believer, I'm right there with those folks. I love knowledge. But even though I love knowledge, the point of the Bible is not to fill your head with knowledge. The point of the Bible is to fill your heart with wonder. One of the things I often say is that uh, Jesus, when his post-resurrection, was on the road to Emmaus with two disciples, and they were downtrodden. They were they were depressed. Their Savior had been crucified. They had not yet known he was risen. And the Bible says Jesus on the road opened their eyes and opened the Scriptures to reveal that he had fulfilled all of the Scripture. Right? And it's amazing to me, this this seven-mile journey, they get there and they invite Jesus into their house, and when he breaks the bread to take communion with them, their eyes are open and they realize it's the Lord. And then he like teleports back to Jerusalem. Jesus is gone. And what's so amazing to me in that text is that the Bible says that these disciples say, did our hearts not burn within us when he opened the scriptures? It did not say, did our heads not continue to increase as he opened the scriptures? So a true mark of a Bible student is not an enlarged head. It's an inflamed heart. And so... What I want to encourage us today is that when we kick into this new year of Bible reading, all Bible study should end in worship. It should end in worship. One of the ways I always say that is that all theology leads to doxology. So if you have true theology, the study of God, it leads to doxology, which is the worship of God. Is that it's going to end in praise. And for those listening today, worship just isn't the twenty or thirty minutes of singing we do every weekend in our church service. It's how we respond to God how we eagerly obey Him, how much we treasure Him. Um, One just quick thought here, the fact that Romans, or the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul ends Romans 9, 10, and 11, which is three theologically packed chapters. And it ends those three chapters with this explosion of worship, to me illustrating that the purpose of Bible study is not just to expand our spiritual understanding, but to also set our hearts on fire with passion. Romans 9-11 through 11 contains some of the most difficult, deep doctrines in all of Scripture. Yet when Paul concludes, this is what he says. Romans eleven thirty three 33-36. He said, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and of the knowledge of God. How unsearchable His judgments and untraceable His ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord, who has been His counselor? And who has ever given to God that He should be repaid? For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be glory forever. Amen. So it ended in worship. Maybe you're listening today and your interest in Christianity is less about knowledge and more about practicality. Like you want to know how God can help you have a better marriage or a more stable family or take care of your teenagers or a more fulfilling career. So you love the sermons where your pastor tells you practically how the Bible should change your life. And there's nothing wrong with that. The Bible's full of wise counsel on ordering our lives. But therein again, the Bible is not primarily a book of spiritual best practices. It's a book that's to lead us to wonder. So one of the ways I say here at Dwelling Place, I say to our people, is that the stories of the Bible aren't there to give you heroes to emulate, but a savior to adore. In other words, we are to grow in relationship with Jesus. The whole purpose of reading the Bible this year is not just to comprehend the text, though that's important, but to create space for us to encounter Jesus. Um, last thing I'm going to say, and then I'm going to interview my man Trevor here, uh, nearly 75 years ago, a British pastor named uh, D. Martin Lloyd Jones he commented in his day that Christians were arguing whether it was more important that sermons be packed with doctrine, or that they be me read, or that they are more readily accessible with application. And Doctor Lloyd Jones said that the purpose of a sermon is neither information nor application. He said lecturers aim for the first; that's information. He said, motivational speakers aim for the second. That's application. But he said, sermons aren't meant to leave us with a full page of notes or a full page of action steps. He said, Bible sermons are meant to leave us worshiping. They cause us to adore Jesus. So in every sermon and in every Bible reading plan, there should come a time when our pen goes down, right? We stop taking notes and the eyes go up and we say, not, oh my God, look at what I have to do for you, but we start saying, oh my God, look at what you've done for me. Right? You've done for me. And that vision alone, I think, will change our life more than any practical list of applications. And that's why I think Dr. Lloyd-Jones said, I spend half my time telling Christians to study doctrine, and then half my time telling them doctrine's not enough. In other words, Bible reading plans are good, but they have to lead us to worship. So I want to um, just take the time to interview Trevor here. Again, Trevor and his wife, Star, they've been a part of our church, and he's going to share just a f- couple of the benefits of being in the Bible reading plan this last year. So, Trevor, thank you for being with us. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, man. Tell us just a little bit about your kind of experience, you and Star's experience with uh, the Bible reading plan.
1: Well, one of the greatest parts about that, that I found for the, the Bible reading plan Combination of reading Old Testament and New Testament reinforces the gospel because as you're reading the Old Testament, you see constantly flawed individuals that God gives so much to, and every time they turn away from their sin and back to God, He's always there for them. Yeah, and that just helps just rebuild so much in all of my shortcomings, yeah. and all of my failures throughout that I've had in my life. Very good. Um, but we've found that the uh, by spending time together with my wife and I, we spend time reading the Word together, mm. discussing the Word, what we actually read, how it applies to the Gospel, how it applies to us, and how it applies to the whole story in general of yeah. God's overall story. Very good. Um, we find that. Taking time for prayer before and after mm. really helps settle in our minds and put our put it, put us in a spirit to actually receive what God wants us to learn. Yeah, and really take in the full effects of God's word. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So this is something this last year you guys would just take time to read out loud to one another. Correct.
1: Yeah. Okay, so just tell the listeners today a little bit about that kind of experience for you. Well, as we um, every day, yeah. We, we Sit down. We look at the Bible reading plan, what we have ahead for us. Um, I do have a study Bible cool, as well that has um, descriptions about what you're about to read. Awesome. And so that has helped give a little extra insight. Mm-hmm. Um, I, just like yourself, I listen to uh, sermons, podcasts, uh, and then just all day long. <laughs> it's, it's an all day thing. Because going from Years and years of um, hostility mm. towards God. I, mean, I had a lot of anger towards God. And then after I was saved, I started to do a. I just started reading the Bible just from the beginning. Yeah, exactly. like most people, you get to Leviticus and it just yeah, starts exactly. to um, get a little more difficult. <laughs> but um, just taking the time. Well, you don't feel like you got to just sit there and read and read and read and read because you only have to worry about a couple chapters you can really think about what you're getting into yeah. and it's not just so much overwhelming information yes. I guess yeah absolutely I mean, um, any other benefits you have well I mean it has shown a, the, the Bible's reflected back in me how much pride I still have wow yeah because I had a lot yep and I got I felt like I got rid of a bunch of but no nope, it it Pops up. I mean, I don't, I don't know how many times I've just been reading along, and I'll hit a verse and just stop, and I'll just turn to my wife and I'll just start apologizing for things that because it it, it really settles in the effects. Yeah. Of wow. What you're doing. Yeah. You know, um, especially with pride. Yeah. It's all about making yourself feel better. Yeah. You know, you're not as bad as you think you are. But yeah.
0: Exactly. Very good. Awesome. And um, and tell us, you know, it's amazing, Trevor. I think for those that are listening today, they're probably saying, "Hey, I'm going to kick off this Bible reading plan. This is going to be a year I attempt to read the Word of God." You know, I'm biblically illiterate. We obviously live in a culture that's very biblically illiterate.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, we can't know God's will any more than we know God's Word, right. right? So, God's will is revealed in His Word, and yet we try to we try to follow Jesus without having any understanding of His Word. And so, so many people maybe feel the motivation at the beginning of the year. So. Talk us through this last year of you and Star. Um, what were some practices, or what what ways, held you accountable to the reading plan to not give up in March, or not give up in April, or what what words of encouragement would you give to someone that maybe is kind of on the fence about saying, "Hey, can I give a life
1: or a year long to to studying the scripture, reading the scripture like this?" For one, the the reading plan is is very easy. Yeah. It's very easy to take in. Even the hard sections are very easy to swallow when you only have to worry about one or two chapters. Yeah. Like I said, like Leviticus or Numbers <laughs> or Ecclesiastes, any of the like the more um, hard-hitting things. Yeah. But then it also gives you a chance to really reflect on what you're reading. Absolutely. And let it really soak in and let God really work out what he wants for you in your life. Yeah, very and, good. Um, yep. Again, having never read the Bible before, um, at least not fully. Yeah. Um. It was amazing how much, how how much is in there. Yeah. And that you think is just in there for nonsense. Yeah. The genealogies, but you really look at it, it's crazy. Yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely. But I would, I would recommend. What has helped us is now, granted, we are married, so right. Having somebody there to hold you accountable. to hold you accountable is good. So. If you don't have somebody like that, I would recommend maybe getting a reading partner. Yeah, somebody that's great. That, Even if you don't read together, yep, you keep each other on on plan every week. How yeah. is everything going? And actually discuss with them what you've read and how it affects you Yeah, and how it's going to make changes in your life. That's, Absolutely. That's what's worked best. For us anyway. Awesome, awesome.
0: Well, I'm going to read a passage and and stick with me here, Trevor. I'm going to read okay. a passage uh, out of the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, you don't hear many messages, sermons, so to speak, on the book of Deuteronomy today. It just gets filed um, away with Leviticus, if you will, uh, yeah. M- miles yeah miles <laughs> behind the book of Philippians. But at the end of Deuteronomy, uh, Moses finishes his farewell speech to Israel. So Moses is about to die. He's he's about to be buried there on Mount Ebo. He's not making it into the Promised Land. And he makes, in my opinion, three remarkable claims about Scripture, okay? And the first one is in Deuteronomy 30. I'm going to read, start verse 15 through 18. He said, See, I've set before you today life and good, death and evil, and and that I command you today to love the Lord your God and to walk in His ways and to keep His commandments, His statutes and His judgments, that you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. But if your heart turns away so that you don't hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cro- when you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. So first thing that I think uh, Moses, the great prophet, right, the friend of God, says to us is that we have to read the Bible as if your life depended on it. You read the Bible. It
1: does.
0: Yes, it does. <laughs> it really read does. the Bible as if your life Dependent on it. And Moses, I think, presents the people with a very clear choice. That is, submission to the word brings blessing, departure from the word, or we could say ignorance of the word brings cursing. And Jesus, of course, extends this imagery in the New Testament. He said in Matthew 7, 24, he said, whoever hears these words of mine and does them, he's going to be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And he said, whoever ignores these words of mine is like the fool building a house on sand. So on the outside, these houses look the same. You couldn't tell the difference. But when the storms come, one collapses, the other survives. And I I think many people listening today, they live lives that may be fair just fine in good weather, but when the storms of tragedy come, and inevitably they will, that's not a pessimistic statement, that's just a real statement, that only life built on the rock of Christ's word ultimately stands. So our problem generally isn't that we think the Bible is unimportant. Our problem is that we don't do anything about it, right? We don't Mm. step up. And so, for instance, I often tell people, if I offered you as a Christian $500,000 to never touch the Bible again, most Christians would refuse that deal. But think about that. They refuse that deal, and they've just identified an asset that is in their bookshelf that's more than $500,000. Is there any other half-million-dollar asset that humans treat so carelessly? Probably not. Probably not. Probably not, right? So evangelicals, most Protestants, we often staunchly defend the Bible. We defend its inerrancy, and we should, and we defend its infallibility, that there's no error in it. We should do that, but understanding the importance of God's Word won't do any good by itself. You've got to learn it. You've got to obey it. You got to saturate yourself into it. So I think that's the first thing Moses says: is you have to study God's word like your life depends on it. Any thoughts there on your own experience of, of of the Bible reading plan or meeting with God in Scripture?
1: Well, um, I would have to agree with Moses that reading the Scriptures is uh, is life saving. Yeah, it's it's life changing, and obviously soul saving as well because there's so much more to this world than what's just here yeah yeah Um,
0: very good well second thing yeah you're good awesome second thing that i think moses says there in that passage again deuteronomy 30 this is in 11 through 14 he said for this commandment i give to you is not too mysterious for you nor it's too far off it's not in heaven that you should say who will send into heaven for us and bring it to us that we may bring it near and do it. Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, who's going to go over the sea and bring it to us, that we can hear it and do it. But the word is very near you. The word is in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. So the second thing I think Moses tells us is that we have to read the Bible because God hasn't hidden what he wants you to know. He's not hidden it. So in Deuteronomy 30, 11, he says, for this commandment that I command you today is not too hard for you. That's not a very contemporary opinion of the Bible. People say it's too hard. I can't understand it. Well, Pastor Craig, I'm listening to this podcast today, but I don't know if I could, you sure I could read the Bible and understand it? Well, a lot of people feel like they can't possibly hope to understand the Bible. There are so many competing, you know, interpretations, so many strange stories. And and here's a pastoral confession. I get it. I get it. There are still times, even when I read the Bible, and I'm thinking that's odd or that strikes me as confusing. You know, other po- people point out that we're, we're so culturally bound to America and Western culture that we can't even hope to get the real meaning of the Bible. And all we inevitably are going to do is, is use the Bible to affirm our own biases. But that's not how the Bible talks about itself. Yeah, we have to be careful not using the Bible to justify our traditions or our preferences or our prejudices. But Moses says to us, again, right there in Deuteronomy 30, the word is very near you. It's in your mouth and it's in your heart so that you can do it. So listen to me those who are listening today the core essential elements of what you need to know they're very clear, they're very accessible, they're ready for us to grasp, they're ready for us to obey. You know, I think about it all the time. Jesus was asked a lot of questions during his earthly ministry and not once did he ever say, you know, I get why you're confused. The Old Testament's just so unclear. He never said that. Repeatedly, he peppered his opponents with questions. Haven't you read Haven't you read? Haven't you read? Suggesting that if they would just know the Scriptures better, they wouldn't have been making the mistakes they were making, right? So what I mean by that is that you're maybe listening today, and you think, well, there's things I don't understand. We might not be able to understand everything. We'll still have questions, and that's fine. But what we need to know for life and godliness is plain. The problem isn't so much that there are parts of the Bible we can't understand, but there are parts of the Bible we don't obey. That we do understand. I think oh, that's, that's the true. bigger issue, right? So, kind of, kind of talk to me about that
1: in your experience. Oh, where to start? Yeah. <laughs> um, Let's see. When I mean, I'll go back to the beginning of last year. Yeah. And as much as I, I wanted to to really get in into the Word, it, it was it's hard. Yeah. I mean, I like I said, I mean, Genesis yeah. has a lot going on in it. <laughs> And with some of those chapters being, you know, a lot of genealogy and everything, it can it can seem daunting. Yeah. But once I started really getting into the work, get just a couple days in, just a couple days, and my eyes just started opening up, mm. and it started opening my heart, and just opening up to to receive in um, the, the the good news of the gospel. Yeah. Not only am I reading Genesis, but it's backing up with the Gospel of saying why, what you're reading in Genesis is important. Yeah. Because it's all pointing to Jesus. Yeah. And um, just the weight that's been lifted off from reading the Bible and understanding that it's not, it's not everything that I have to do. It's mm-hmm. not all up. To me, yeah. to change the world. Very good. But as long as I listen and do what God asks me to, the world will be changed for Him. Amen.
0: Yeah, very good, very good. Well, last part that I'm going to share here. Uh, so we see Moses again. His final command. This is kind of his his deathbed speech. He says in verse 19 and 20. We're still in Deuteronomy 30. He said, "I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live." that you may love the Lord your God, and that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him, for he is your life, and he is the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. So I think the third thing Moses tells us is that don't just read the Bible, but encounter the person within the Bible. Don't just read it, but encounter the person. So right at the end of this sermon, this is Moses' sermon, Deuteronomy mm-hmm. 30, Moses' language, to me, takes a surprising turn. He goes from talking about the Word as Israel's life to talking about the Lord as their life. So he stops saying, hold fast to the Word, hold fast to the Word, and he switches to hold fast to Him. Hold fast to the Lord who's your life, who is the length of your days. And I think in that moment Moses is hinting that we would need something more than merely a book to follow. He points to a greater hope than our ability to obey, like you just said. That's God himself who becomes our life and salvation. So I often say the primary purpose of Scripture isn't, again, to give us a list of tasks to perform for God, but to tell us about an offer of grace from God. That we often see the Bible as a rule book. Do this, do that. But really, it is a love letter to tell us what God has done for us. In that the primary purpose of the Scriptures is and always has been to present Jesus, like you said. So we don't read it to gain favor with God. Right. You know, somebody might be listening today and say, Well, I'm going to join you all on your seven-day fast this January. Or I'm going to be in the Bible. And God's going to love me more this year than last year. No, no, no. We don't read it because we're trying to gain God's favor. We read it because we have already found favor with Him. Yep. He has favored us. So we don't read it just as a how-to-improve-your-life manual. But we read it as the story of how He's redeemed our life. The abundant life isn't you know, learned by... Um, or isn't found by learning divine secrets. It's learned and found by, by understanding Jesus, right? Understanding and knowing him. Um, one of my favorite theologians, Peter Kreft, he said that studying the Bible, he said it's like staring into a keyhole and suddenly having someone stare back at you. And if you've ever seen that before, that oh, can be that's scary, freaky. That's right? freaky. <laughs> so yeah, you're staring through a keyhole and then all of a sudden somebody comes back. So what happens is the word's living and active and it reads you. So, one of the ways I always to say this is don't just try to get through the Bible, but get the Bible through you, that take your time this year in going through, it, experiencing it, experiencing God in it. and as as Moses said, choose life today and act on it. So for those that are listening today, I just want to tell you, like the people of Israel, we have a plain choice before us. It's life or death. For many of us, it's not a matter of good intentions. We have all kinds of good intentions in, in a new year, but it's good habit. It's not good intentions, it's good habit. So, um, at, at Dwelling Place Church, we've started using this Bible reading plan to give people a place to start. I go personally through this plan every morning, Trevor. I have for several years, and I would encourage those that are listening to join me. Um, you certainly don't need to follow our reading plan if you're listening today. You don't need to read the Bible exactly how I do or we do, but you got to start somewhere. And so I want to ask you, do you believe that the Bible is the book of life to you? And if you do, then we've got to act on it we got to choose life by opening up that book. And what better day to do it than January 1, right? That's right. Starting a brand new year. So that's my encouragement for our listeners today. I'm so excited because this Logos edition of Dwelling Places podcast is going to come out again on the first of every month. And we're going to be your cheerleaders. We're going through this together. you are going to hear from different voices each month to encourage you to jump back in. If you fall off the wagon, a righteous man falls seven times and gets back up again. Just jump back in with us. You can. Uh, my wife and I—we've had many weeks where we had to do catch up because life oh, yeah. hit, and so we we read two weeks in one week. I sure. think my wife read three weeks one time <laughs> in one week. So don't don't let the the whole year daunting task be intimidating to you, but just jump in and read. What are some final thoughts you have for those that are listening today?
1: Well, I, when you were reading um, the last part there in Deuteronomy, yeah, the comparison of he says to was it. Uh, Read the scriptures and know the scriptures and then changes it to know the the, personal, the person the, you know, to know the Lord. The author, yeah. And then that made me think of um, John one mm. and that the word is God and God yeah. became flesh. Yeah, beautiful. Just so glorious. Yeah, beautiful. Absolutely so, glorious.
0: Yeah, and that's the beauty that's the beauty of the of comprehension of the text is that when we engage the Bible reading the Bible creates space for us to encounter its author. You know, you've you've heard it said probably before. The Bible is the only book on earth that, when you read it, every time you read it, the author's present. There's no other book you can read oh, wow. that the author is present with you. But every time you read the Bible, the author is present. It's right there. Yeah, and he's there to open your mind uh, and and lead us in the way of salvation. So, any final thoughts that you have, Trevor, today before we
1: kind of conclude, that you have thought or written down? just uh, remember what I find to be the five greatest words in the English language, which is in the beginning God created mm. and it's it's the beginning of the Bible and it lets you know this is not some made-up story. this isn't once upon a time this is starting in the beginning and what God did and everything afterwards is all for the glory of God. Wow what a great word. So in the beginning God created
0: and that's our prayer for you today as you're listening in the beginning. The beginning of a new year, we don't get a new year with a new start on old habits, but we start new habits. And we're going to be there with you every step of the way. Make sure you go to dwellingplacemovement.org. Click on Grow 2021, and you'll see step one of our action plan is to download the Bible reading plan. You can print it out right there at home. And uh, you can follow through with the steps. We would love for you to do so. Let us know. You can email us, follow us on our social media accounts, interact with us. Our hashtag on social media for the whole year is hashtag DPC Bible reading. DPC Bible reading. So if you're reading through Instagram or you're reading through the Bible reading plan and you want to post something on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, be able to put uh, that out there. Go ahead and tag uh, the, the hashtag DPC Bible reading. And then that way anyone that's on this reading plan can interact with that hashtag and uh, I believe in God is going to grow us and meet with us as we become people of his word in 2021. All right, that takes episode one again of the Dwelling Place Church Podcast, Logos Edition. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to share this podcast with others. We'll see you again as we talk on February 1. God bless you.